yeah, what is, it, what is a proverb, okay? So I've, I've been doing my homework, and um, it basically, a proverb is, might be poetry, it's poetic, um, but it's a short, thought-provoking saying. And um, it, con but although it's short, it conveys a world of truth. There's a, a lot in it in just a few words. Um, and, and, you know, often you think, well, okay, okay w we talk about um, rules, but a proverb is not a rule. It's not a, it's not a command. You don't, it's not like, this is one thing, and you must do it. Okay, it's not a rule. Um, it's also, it's not a promise. There's lots of promises in the Bible, isn't there? But it's not a promise. Um, what it is, it's an observation about how life works. Okay, and that's, whether that's life at school, you know, in the lesson, in the playground, on the sports field, um, it's about how life works. And also, it needs, it's not something that you can just accept. You have to think about it and you have to med meditate on it. And the thing about Proverbs as well is that it can't really be taken in isolation. You have to take all of the Proverbs that talk about a particular thing and put them all together, and it gives you a view of how God thinks. And it, gets you, it allows God to kind of think through you when you put them all together. But you can't really take them in isolation. It's a bit like a boiled sweet. So I went to one stop this morning and I thought, anyway, I'll get four bags of boiled sweets. I'll hang them all out. You know what? You can't buy boiled sweets anymore. Everything's mushy and soft. So I didn't bring them. I'm really sorry about that. Usually on a children's week, we'd be giving out sweets, wouldn't we? But I, did, I didn't. Because a boiled sweet, you can't just kind of, you don't just put it in your mouth and swallow it, do you? And you don't, if you, if you bite it, you know, it might break your tooth. But the point is, with a boiled sweet, you've got to suck it. And then over time, you kind of meditate on it. And then actually the sweetness comes and you can kind of, it can, you can enjoy it. And Proverbs are a little bit like that. So we need to, we need to put them together, one, all the ones of the same theme, to kind of make sense. Um, and it's not just for deep thinkers either. It's just, it's about regular life, the way, we, the way we do things and the way we get through daily life. So when our Matthew came home with a black eye from school, this is a long time ago, by the way, you have to think, well, okay, right. It gets unpacked at tea time. We're talking about it. You know, what's happened? And, and it's actually, it takes some thinking through. So it's for things like that. It's for lost jobs. It's for difficult relationships. It's for health issues. Um, it's all those things that, you know, you might talk about and download that over the tea table. Um, so anyway, Proverbs. If you take the first nine chapters of Proverbs and put them all together... They're pointing towards a choice. So I, I've kind of titled this talk, What Will You Choose? Um, and it, it, in these first nine chapters of Proverbs, it's basically saying, it's putting them together, and the theme is making a choice. And it's making an important choice, probably the most important choice of our lives. Um, making a choice. So in 2015, Coca-Cola la launched a new marketing campaign. 
Now, Coca-Cola is one of the richest corporations in the world, so it gets the very best marketeers in the whole world, and it puts together this, this ad. And the ad is around making an important choice. And we're just going to take a minute, and we're going to watch that ad, just see about the choice that it's presenting. Okay, so we can do that, Nathan, thanks. And wait, like happiness is someone's destiny or fate. But why wait for happiness to happen to you when it's something we can just choose to do? Grab it tight and mold it with both hands. Discover how happiness and hands are best friends. Your hands can affect entire world with a beat and have everyone dance, clap along and move their feet. They can bring a smile or bring a frown, cheer you up or put you down. Wait and wait. Like happiness is someone's destiny or fate But why wait for happiness to happen to you When it's something we can just choose to do Grab it tight and mold it with both hands Discover how happiness and hands are best friends Your hands can affect entire world with a beat And have everyone dance, clap along and move their feet They can bring a smile or bring a frown Cheer you up or put you down Share a laugh Share a tear, cheer for victory, or beat your fear. Happiness can be anything when you carve it out. Choose happiness and worries, opinions, anger, and doubt. There's enough for everybody, doesn't take too much. It's so contagious and affects everyone you touch. Happiness comes to those who wait, sure. But what are you waiting for? Okay, well, big choice, basically. Um, just to kind of un unpack that, um, <laughs> what it does is it builds up, doesn't it? It starts slow, but the tempo is increasing as it goes, goes through that. And um, as well, if we could have seen the pictures, you would see that it's appealing to the heart as well as to the mind. You know, it's very, you know, you've got all kinds of people in all kinds of contexts, but, you know, they're enjoying life's, Pleasures, simple pleasures. Um, and it comes up to the point, finally, the, there's, um, you know, asks a big question, doesn't it? What are you waiting for? And then at the end of it, it's got a, um, it's got a call for, like, commitment, really. It's a, choose life, basically. And, you know, all that for a sugary drink that's not particularly good for us. <laughs> you know, but the point is, it, it kind of, that, that it, it masters the how do you persuade people? How do you influence people? It, it's, the mastery is in that. And, um, you know, Coca-Cola, they thought that, I guess they thought that, uh, you know, we, we, we know how to do this. This is, uh, this is our invention. But 3,000 years ago, Solomon, King Solomon, basically does the same thing in these first nine chapters of Proverbs. Um, he's kind of building it up to a fundamental choice that we all need to consider. Um, and this choice is basically between wisdom and foolishness, or wisdom and stupidity. Um, and you might think that's an easy choice, um, but I'm going to unpack that a bit, okay? Um, so first of all, we, we're just going to read um, what Proverbs says about wisdom and stupidity. So wisdom has built her house and made seven columns for it. If you think about a house, a house is where we have security. It's where we can get out of the weather. 
It's often where the people who love us are. And in the Bible, seven is like a perfect number. So this is talking about the perfect house, and it's saying, hey, come and live in this perfect house, okay? So wisdom has built her house and made seven columns for it. She has had an animal prepared for a feast, mixed spices in the wine, and set the table. She has sent her servant women to call out from the highest place in the town. So all that we need in life is, is there, all, all of the things to sustain us. Um, come in, ignorant people. So you don't have to be brainy. You don't have to be special. You can be, you can be actually ignorant, and, but, but wisdom is saying, come in, come in. And to the foolish, she says, come eat my food and drink the wine that I have mixed. Leave the company of ignorant people and live. Follow the way of knowledge. So, and then it goes, um, then it goes on. To be wise, you must first have reverence for the Lord. If you know the Holy One, you have understanding. Wisdom will add years to your life. You are the one who will profit if you have wisdom. And if you reject it, you are the one who will suffer. And then it talks about another house, okay? So this house is pretty, pretty um, you might, on the surface, you might want to go in and think, this looks exciting. So stu and it's called stupidity. Stupidity is like a loud, arrogant, shameless woman. She sits at the door of her house or on a seat in the highest part of the town and calls out to the people passing by who are minding their own business. Come in, ignorant people. To the foolish, she says, stolen water is sweet. It's sweeter. Stolen bread tastes better. Her victims do not know that people die who go to her house, that those who have already entered are now deep in the world of the dead. Okay. Um, so it compares two houses, and I suppose Proverbs says, what are you waiting for? Choose the house of wisdom. Okay, but let's, let's just go a bit, a bit deeper than that because it's just, okay, a choice between wisdom and foolishness or wisdom and stupidity. And it's almost like, well, that's a simple choice, isn't it? But in these first nine chapters of Proverbs, it basically, it keeps constantly presenting two choices. You can go down this path or that path. And it kind of and it brings the wisdom out of that. You know, Jesus said something about about two paths, didn't he? He said, "Choose the narrow path. Don't go the obvious, easy road that actually will lead you to destruction." He's saying, "Choose choose a narrow path." Also, in Proverbs, it says there's two doors. You could choose that door or that door. You need to make a choice. And also in the Bible, you know, it says something about. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And the choice is open, open the right door. Open the door that lets Jesus in. Um, but it's up to us. It's our choice, okay? And in Proverbs, it talks about two, two doors. It talks about two houses, wisdom and foolishness. And we've just, we've just read about those two. Two advisors, two different ways of life. You can live life that way or you can live life that way. Okay. And there's a, there's, a, there's a choice to make. Um, and this choice is between wisdom and stupidity. So in Proverbs 8, and this is the, this is the key thing. This is the crux of it. Um, 
wisdom, in Proverbs 8, wisdom is depicted as, is depicted as an actual person rather than just a, a, a kind of a way of living. And that actual person was with God when he created the world. And this is the really important thing, okay? So we're going to read again from Proverbs and see who this person is. So in Proverbs 8, verse 11, 22 to 31. I am wisdom. I am better than jewels. Nothing you want can compare with me. The Lord created me first of all, the first of his works long ago. I was made in the very beginning at the first before the world began. I was born before the oceans when there was no springs of water. I was born before the mountains, before the hills were set in place. Before God made the earth and its fields or even the first handful of soil, I was there when he set the sky in place, when he stretched the horizon across the ocean, when he placed the clouds in the sky, when he opened the springs of the ocean and ordered the waters of the sea to rise, no further than he said. I was there when he laid the earth's foundations. I was beside him like an architect. I was his daily source of joy, always happy in his presence, happy with the world, I'm pleased with the human race. So when Proverbs is talking about wisdom, Proverbs is talking about Jesus. And it's talking, these first nine chapters are saying, effectively choose wisdom, but effectively choose Jesus. Um, and isn't it amazing? I always think it's fantastic how... Um, Jesus is concealed in the New Testament, but revealed, sorry, concealed in the Old Testament, but revealed in the New Testament. And this is a really, really classic example of that. Um, so, you know, uh, God it calls all people to become wise by entering into a relationship with wisdom, the wisdom that created the world. Um, you know, the gospel calls all people to choose a relationship, to make a choice. And that choice, you know, it starts with the understanding that, you know what, I've mucked up by things I haven't done, by the things I've deliberately done that are wrong. And, you know, the Bible calls these sin. But, you know, the wonderful thing is that, you know, if we choose Jesus, we basically, we, we're bringing that to the cross, aren't we? I'm bringing all of that mess, all of the, the muck-ups that Stephen Beresford has made, I'm bringing that to the foot of the cross. And, it's, and there, my dying saviour is saying, you know what, give that to me. I can forgive all of that. I'm hanging here for that reason. Um, you know, that, that, is, that, is, um, that is the wisdom of God. But not only that, it's that that saviour, you know, wonderful Easter morning rose again. And because of that, he's here with us that's his presence we were worshiping we were singing about him but I, I really sense um the presence of god this morning and 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 he's actually he's here and also there's there's a promise that you know for those who choose jesus then basically um the spirit of god the holy spirit's gonna dwell he's gonna come and live inside us um timothy keller who wrote this book about proverbs which is called the way of wisdom and he, he puts it really nicely. He says, The wisdom of Christ comes as much through communing with him in our hearts 
as through studying him with our minds. So, you know, we have to, you look at these first nine chapters of um, Proverbs, you'll see, you know, there's a choice presented for us to pick, wisdom or foolishness. Um, but, you know, it's actually, it's also, it's picking a person, it's choosing a person, and it's choosing Jesus. Um, and it's, it's studying those verses with our mind, but it's also understanding that it's actually God that can work in our, in our hearts in our, and in our lives. So, a bit like that Coca-Cola ad, first nine chapters, it builds and builds to present a choice. The tempo increases through these nine chapters. It appeals um, to our hearts as well as to our heads. Um, and it asks a big question. At the end of that, if we'd seen the visuals, it was, what are you waiting for? And in fact, you know, I think Proverbs, when it gets to chapters eight and nine, it's saying, it really, it's saying, what are you waiting for? Choose wisdom, choose him who was there at the beginning of time, who actually died for you, rose for you, um, loves you, and wants to live life with you, and be wisdom for you. That's where our, our wisdom's gonna come from. So, isn't it an easy choice? Well, okay, choose wisdom or stupidity. Well, dead, dead easy choice, isn't it? I'll just choose wisdom. Okay, we'll all, we'll all go home. But for some reason, for, the, for us, it's, it's somehow it seems difficult. Um, and maybe it's scary because if we want to choose Jesus, we have to th there's a fear element involved in that, isn't there? You know, there's a fear because there's a fear of unknown. There's a fear of changing. Um, there's a fear of failing or stepping out of what's comfortable to me, you know, what I've built my life around. Sometimes people say, oh, well, you know, I'll lose myself, you know. I'll lose who I am. And in fact, you know, we don't realize that actually in choosing Jesus, we find who we are. We know that God's designed us and he's made us unique and he, he you know, he can make us a son and a daughter. Um, but there's all these fears, aren't there? It's fear of losing my relationship with loved ones who maybe don't love Jesus, don't know him. Um, and also, you know, what will happen if I come to the cross? And, you know, I've got, I've got all of this guilt. I know my sin and stuff like that. Is he really going to take that? Is it, is it going to be taken away? Can I really be forgiven? Can I find peace with my maker? You know, is that, re is that, really, is that really for me? Is that really, is that really true? Um, so, in a way, um, we, we're confronted with this choice, and we, the decision is really is to choose wisdom or foolish, but, foolishness, but the decision is to either turn towards Jesus or turn away from him. Um, to receive or to reject him. You know, that's what the, the, these chapters are saying. You know, do, are we going to believe in him or are we going to doubt him? And in a way, it, it's almost like we, the, the jury is there, but the jury is actually, I'm in the jury. And, uh, you know, the verdict is, is basically, it's my own future that's at stake. Uh, you know, I've got to choose the, ver the verdict is ours. It's our choice. Um, but the question is, you know, what, what will I do with Jesus? What will you do with Jesus? Will you choose him? You know, all of these fears, we've really got to bring them to him. Come to the foot of the cross and, and understand that the God who made us, the God who was there at the beginning of the time, is basically saying, choose me. Um, choose wisdom. Um, in that Coca-Cola, it said, you know, what are you waiting for? I think the thing is, is 
we needn't wait. We need to choose him. Um, when um, I, I my, my Christian background is, I grew up in the home of a pastor. My dad was a pastor. And, um, you know, I, I came to services like this a couple of times every Sunday. And as a, as a young boy, I, someone put this choice in front of me um, to the point where actually I understood, you know what, I, I have to make a choice. I have to actually decide whether I'm going to choose Jesus and whether I'm going to ask him to come into my life and, and, and change me and go that way. Choose that path, choose that door, choose that house, choose that advisor, or not, and, and reject. And, and actually, it was a guy who was a child evangelist. He had some tricks to do, and he showed in a real simple way how my sin was separating me from Jesus, and I just needed to leave that with Jesus at the cross. Uh, and, and I did that. I did do that. Um, but because I made that decision as a very young boy... You know, I, was, I think I was six, something like that. There were times as I was growing up where actually I doubted and I had really I had difficult decisions to make and I had to basically, you know, I really had to really think again. Particularly when I left home, or I didn't, or not in the house of my parents and I was my own person and was making my own way. You know, I had to, um, I came to some difficult choices. And then again, I had to choose a way of wisdom I did choose the way of wisdom, by the way, but I will, what I will say is it's, when I say the way of wisdom, I chose to keep Jesus running my life rather than, than reject him and turn away from him. Um, because the wisdom that God brings is not the wisdom of the world. Um, it, it, it's something different. But I, but I think life's not easy. It, it throws lots of difficult things at us. You know, we might fail exams. You know, someone we love dies. Or, you know, we get ill, or we lose a job, you know, all these things. And actually, if, if Jesus is living in us, if Jesus is with us, if Jesus is guiding us, then all of those things are easy. To, those storms are not easy. They're never easy to ride. But at least Jesus promises to be with us through those. Um, and more than that, you know, the choice is not a choice just for this life, but it's for eternity. And that's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Um, because we have a hope in Jesus. And that's the wise choice. But that living life and making those wise, cho- wise choices needs a toolkit. We, we need some help. Because, you know, we make the choice for Jesus and we've started that relationship, but we also need to learn to grow to know him better. And we need to ask him to guide us in the way of wisdom. And that's what Christine's going to just unpack that a little bit now. And then we've got something for you to do, for you to actively, what are you waiting for? Here's some choices to make. And in the table at the back, we're going to run it a bit like a communion. You know, we're going to basically, um, we're going to go there. I'm going to invite you to choose some of, the, some of the tools in the toolkit. But anyway, I'll leave that to Christine to explain. Right, because Steve's gone well over time, I think we all need to stand up. Turn around. Touch your toes or your nose. And sit back down. (laughs) Now for the next slide.
Right, morning everybody. I'll try and be quick here now. Um, Proverbs 2, verse 4 to 6 says, If you seek it like silver and search for it as hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. So wisdom is a gift, but you have to seek it like treasure. But how do we do that? And that's what we're just going to have a look at. Proverbs 3, verse 18 says, She's a tree of life to those who take hold of her. So it's a journey. It's an ongoing thing. Um, we grow in wisdom. Uh, when we look at Solomon's wisdom from the Proverbs, we find that there's various things that will help us to grow in wisdom. And what we're going to talk about this morning is putting them in a toolkit that we can go out the door this morning with. We need to ask for more of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I want to breathe that Holy Spirit that we sang about this morning. We need to make prayer a priority in our lives. We need to choose to worship God and not other things. We need to study our Bibles in all the multifaceted ways that we can do that um, so that we learn more about God's story. We need to get experience. My son has just completed six years at university and he knows an awful lot of stuff, but he didn't have any experience. So when he started his job, it's not until a few months, years even, down the line that actually has the wisdom to use that knowledge. And it's the same for us. It's a journey, it's a walk, and we have to choose to step out along that path to get that experience, to get that wisdom. And that might be through difficult times. Often we learn so much more during those times. I'm just saying these very quickly, then I'll explain what we're going to do. Um, we need to learn from other people in all the ways that we can do that. That might be our parents, um, teachers even, in, in the church community here. And we need the church community to develop and grow our wisdom. We need, Proverbs tells us that we need to care about justice and the poor, and that we need to learn to give generos generously. And then all these things added together, we will grow in wisdom. Now, I've said them very quickly because actually we're just going to finish with a little activity now. And there's two tables set out the back there. Um, both are identical, so you can go to either one. And what I'd like you to do is, is, as you go forward to the tables, just pray that God would show you what he would like you to have in your toolbox this morning. Now, that might be that he would like you to have everything or it might be that you're just dealing with something today that you need a particular wisdom in. Then we we'll just choose that one. Um, and on the tables you'll see there is a, a plant label with the tool on it. What I'd like you to do is to take a plant label and take that home and stick it in a pot plant at home or put it in your garden to remind you that you have said this morning that you want to grow in that area of wisdom with God. And there's also a piece of paper if you want to go deeper with some Bible verses on and a bit of a challenge, something for you to respond. So when you take your plant label, please feel free if you want to, to take a piece of paper as well. There's little bags there. Work your way around the table and then go and sit back down um, if you wouldn't mind and just share maybe one or two things out of your bag 
with the person you're sitting with or parents with your young people or young people with each other. Just what, have, what would you like, what have you got in your toolkit this morning to go out into the world to do life? I'm just going to pray and then we'll, we'll go forward. Thank you, God, that you have come to this place today to speak to us. Help us to hear how we can find your hidden treasure of heaven and pour out your wisdom upon us this morning. Amen. Amen.